Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. There's anybody here that's unsure or you know you haven't, right? God has made it available to all. Anyone. God says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus died to save all who would believe. And you don't know that if you died today, you would go to heaven. You're not, you're not positive that you're... You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, the Bible says that as you put your faith in him, that that's, that's really all you do. You believe and God will receive you as his own. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In today's message from Pastor Bill, he explains to you that God's desire is that no one would perish, but that all will come to the eternal life in him through believing in his son, Jesus Christ. If you have yet to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, do so today. Only God knows the time that we have on this earth. Tomorrow is never a guarantee. Pastor Bill encourages you to make today the day of your eternal salvation. Receive Jesus and you will receive true life. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Galatians chapter 3 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Look now at verse 19. He says, so what, what What purpose then does the law have? Um, so why, why, would, why do we have the law anyway? And he gives us, he quickly gives us the answer. First, it was added because of transgressions. Um, so the law was given because people sin. And so the law would help you to know that, hey, right now you're transgressing. Right now, at this point, you, you can know that you're crossing the line. You can know that this thing that you're doing is out outside the will of the Lord. And so the law was given to give us that those boundaries uh, that we would know right from wrong. Uh, apart from the law, it says you don't know right from wrong. I'm always amazed at, you know, if you ask people that, that they disagree with God, they disagree with the Bible, uh, and they're like, no, I think people should just be able to do what they want. Everybody has a limit. And I, I'll, I'll question people that have that, that mindset. You know, well, if everybody's going to do it the way, yeah, people should be able to marry who they want. Like, okay, okay. Um, you know, so people should just, you know, so, so should, should people that molest kids, should they be free if that's what they like? That's what they that's what makes them feel good. Should they be free to do that? There's there's always somewhere where someone said, no, not that. That's wrong. Who, who said that's wrong? Who says that's wrong? You, you, not you. you you're, you're not you're not putting your opinions on other people. God forbid. Who said that that was wrong? Right. And even people that have ignored all these other things, they there's some there are things innately we know are wrong. Um, even when I wasn't saved, there were things that I knew that that's wrong. Right. I, when I wasn't born again, I knew it'd be wrong to kill somebody. That's wrong. Uh, I believe that even people that do that, they have to, as non-believers, you, you got to jump over some, some, there's some, something in your heart that you have to, you have to step over in order to do that, you know, and all of us here that used to be, you know, active, you know, active rampant sinners, the first time you did most things, you know, there was something inside that was like, well, you, you had to overcome it and then, and then you get good at it, you know, so, you know, I used to be a thief, well, first time I stole, it wasn't easy. But the 30th time I stole, it was like cake and candy. You know, like it, you just get you get good at whatever you practice. You get good at sin. And so the laws there that we would know, hey, that's that's um, that's stepping over the line. And it said till the seed should come till Jesus. So the, the law was there to outline transgressions. This is what this is sin until the seed again it's a capital S until Jesus should come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator does not mediate for only one, but God is one. And like I said, as far as the, the law, Paul is making the point that the law came from God 
to angels, the angels were the mediators, to Moses, and then from Moses to the people. And it just went all the way down. There was all that mediation. And he's making the point that the, 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 the message of faith, you know, salvation through faith, it came directly from God to Abraham. You know, God's, God's blessing came direct, you know, from God directly to Abraham. No mediation, nobody else involved. Verse 21, he says, in the law, I'm sorry, is the law then against the promise of God? So does a, is a law against, you know, grace, against the promise of God through faith? He says, certainly not. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. So if, if it was possible for you to live according to the law and get life, so then, then that would have been good enough. The reason why grace came through Jesus Christ is because nobody is able to keep the law. The law is just there. And he'll say in just a moment, the law was there just to help you to see that you need the Lord. And verse 22, it says, but the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith and Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. And so you think about that phrase, we were kept under guard by the law. Paul speaking to these Jewish people, you guys were, it just kept you under guard. You understood that you couldn't just go buck wild. The law was there to, you know, you couldn't really keep it all. You couldn't do it all, but it gave you some parameters. The law kept you from doing certain things. You were kept under guard until, until Christ would come, until the opportunity, until he, he came and he died and he was resurrected. And so we were kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. Verse 24, therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. And so there is the that final purpose of the law. Why was the law given? It was a, a tutor. It was a, a Old Testament, Old King James is a schoolmaster to help bring us to Christ. The law was there just to, so you could, man, I, I you know, just that we would be open. And, and, and I, I would just encourage this. Um, even in our, our witnessing and our sharing of the gospel, the law can be used to help someone see their need for Christ. Most times when I'm evangelized, I'm sharing the gospel. I, I don't run across a lot of people that don't know that they're sinners. Most people, you, you know, you talk to them, oh yeah, I know I, I know I sin. They know they're doing something wrong. But every once in a while, you run across somebody, you know, somebody that think they live in by the Ten Commandments. You run across someone that thinks, you know, on our, our questionnaire, we went out, you know, if you believe you're gonna go to heaven, why? And you have people that'll say, oh, you know, I'm a good person, you know. I try to, I try to you know, I try to live by the, the, the golden rule, you know, I do as others, I want them to do unto me. And, and people have reasons why they think they should go to heaven. Those people become great candidates for using the law. Well, let me let me just give you a few of the Ten Commandments, you know, um, and, and you run them through the Ten Commandments. Have you ever have you ever stolen? Have you know, I, I stole some gum. You know, have you ever told a lie? Everybody, yes, that's that's the one you just get everybody on. You just end right there. You don't tell a lie, you're guilty. You know, and from there, it's like explain that you know, take them to the word and say, look, you know, if you're guilty of one thing, you broke one law, you broke them all. And so. I love, you know, Ray Comfort uses the law in his presenting of the gospel. He'll say, you know, have you ever lusted after a woman in your heart? And, you know, you tell a guy that and every guy that got two eyeballs and a wicked heart is going to say, yes, I've done that. You know, you've lusted, you've, you've, you've stolen, you've, you've lied. So he said, look, so you're a lying, thieving, adulterer at heart. So if you died right now and stood before God, how would you fare? And people are just there like, oh, wow, I guess. Not as good as I thought. I thought because I wasn't a murderer or rapist, I'd make it in. Like everybody's not a murderer or rapist gets in. And then it's from that place that you can say, now, now let me explain what God did for you. Now that you understand you're guilty, 
Um, but sometimes people won't appreciate what God is offering till they understand that they need it. You know, if I went into a doctor's office and they said, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm, I want I want you to come in tomorrow. We got we're going to do a round of chemotherapy for you. I don't want that. I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't, don't put no. I'm, I'm not interested in around the chemotherapy. It's I don't see why I need that. Right. But now, if I go in first and they say, hey, we found some, you know, some terrible cancer. It's, it's in the fourth stage. And, you know, the, we got to jump on it right now. And this is the, the we, we think we need to get you in tomorrow and do this. Well, then that, that sounds different. Now, now it's now that it hit me different. I, I understand what the purpose of it is. You know, I still wouldn't want it, you know, um, but uh, I would understand why I need it. And so when when we're sharing sometimes the gospel, um, sometimes believers, we're telling people, oh, you know, you need to come to the Lord. God's going to bless your life. Um, that's not really the gospel. Right. How many guys got saved and your life didn't get blessed? Necessarily? Your life on earth didn't get blessed. You had a hard time. Anybody? Just me. OK, some of y'all. So people get upset. You know, like I came to God, some God was going to bless my life and favor upon me. I was going to get the job I wanted and the, and the wife or the husband. And I got married and my, my, my person cheated on me and my job let me down. And, and I got other trials and stuff going on. And, and I tried God. And I've heard people say, I, I tried that thing out. It didn't work. I, it, it all went wrong. You got to tell people the gospel is this. Look, you, you, are, you are in trouble. Your sins have separated you from God. The Bible says about the non-believer that Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, you, you are separated from God. It says, God says, my hand is not shortened that it can't save. My ear is not deaf that it can't hear. But your, your sins have separated between you and your God. You're separated. Ephesians 2 says that, um, that basically you're, you're, you're a child of the devil, that you're the, the prince of this power, this age, and you're, you're under, his, under his domain, under his spell. And so you're, you're a child of the devil. Um, you know, Romans tells me that you have a spiritual destiny. The wages of sin is death. You're gonna not only you're separated from God, you're, you're a child of the devil. Um, you got a spiritual destiny. You are in bad space. You need Jesus. You need what God did, and and we need to be careful as we present the gospel that we're we're presenting this. We're presenting forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ, so that you don't go to hell, but instead you go to heaven. That's the gospel, right? Um, the gospel isn't come to God and he's going to bless you and and you're going to have favor and, you know, you're going to get money. That's what some churches, you know, tell people, you know, you come come to God, God's going to come to God and give, you know, go throw some money down here. and God's going to bless you. You're going to be ooh, you're going to be paid. That's that's bogus. Right. I, and I, I just wonder how many people are doing that. And how long do you do that before you realize it's not working? And they slick too. they tell you, you know why it wasn't mixed with faith. You got to give a little bit more. Put some more faith on it. Put some more faith on it this time. You know, just give it one more year. You know, just keep keep it coming. And they'll they'll play them games. Them people are going to be in big trouble when they stand before God. Because I believe that there, there are people out there, they really want God. And they've been misled in how to come or why to come. We don't come to God to get anything but forgiveness of our sins and salvation and relationship to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And if we understand that, y'all, we got everything. That That really is everything. If you have that, you are prepared to die. You're prepared to live. Everything you need is wrapped up in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Twenty two. But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And that's how we receive it is through believing, not through working or earning is through believing. Um, and again, I guess I should ask this. If all you got to do is believe. Um, how do we come to a place of believing? Um, how, how does a person come to a place of believing? And it's, it, it, you'd be amazed that God has worked even behind the scenes in that. God's given us what to believe in. 
God's given the message of what to believe and he's put it in the hearts and minds of those that know it and said, I'm, I'm, I'm charging you to, you know, to preach this message. And then God gives you faith to believe. And so for a person to die in their sin, they've got to override all those things. They've got to they've got to deny what God has made available to them. They've got to suppress. Romans says that people suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness. And you may be having people that are saying, I don't believe that. I'm, that's you, you, in your heart of hearts, you do. You're choosing not to believe it. But in your heart, you know better. In your heart of hearts, you know that this is true, no matter what your mouth says. Because the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. And so if God says it, it's, it's written in your heart, then it's written in your heart. And that's why God's going to hold people accountable. Because you can say all that. No, I don't believe that. I grew up over. No, you, you know, you, in your heart of hearts, I made it known to you. You had to, over, you had to override what I showed you. Verse twenty. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, um, kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor. Once again, to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So that's why we say we're no longer under the law because faith has come. Faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work. Verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. How do you enter into the family of God and so how you become a son or a daughter of God is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work. Verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And I want you to think about this. This isn't talking about water baptism, but it's, it's using the imagery of water baptism. Um, when you get water baptized, you are immersed in the water. You're completely covered up in the water. And then you get brought out uh, the word baptism in, in the Greek. It, it, it means to be completely immersed. That's why we don't sprinkle you, but we, we, we immerse you in the water. That's what water baptism is. And so here it, it uses that imagery of being water baptized and say, look, that as many as were baptized into Christ, that um, another version says we were hidden in Christ. In the same way, when a person is baptized, they're completely immersed in the water. God says, look. Those of us that are in Christ, we should be completely immersed in Christ. And when you're immersed in the waters of baptism, at, at, at some point, we don't see you anymore because you're completely immersed in the water. We just see the water. And the idea is for those of us that are immersed, we should be so immersed in Christ that they don't, we don't see you anymore. Right. I mean, we see you, but you understand what I'm saying. We don't see you anymore. That Christ's life is being lived. Christ is showing himself through you. And then he uses another imagery. He says, as many as are baptized in Christ have put on Christ. And that idea of put on is like putting on clothes. And again, when you put on clothes, clothes cover up everything else. That God says, I want you to be just immersed in me. I want you to put on, Ephesians tells us, they just put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Tells us some stuff to take off. And it tells us to put on the Lord Jesus. And so, uh, something I would throw out as a challenge to those of us that are here that would say, you know, I'm a believer. How much of you is still shining through? As, as people interact with you, how much of you is, is is coming out above and over and beyond Christ because God said I, I want to see I want people to see Christ through you I want you to be so immersed in me and, and maybe for some of us we know the Lord but maybe today God's challenging and encouraging you that you would just you would go a little deeper with the Lord that you would just be immersed in him that that there be there be more of him and less of you that's what's being seen that people at work this week would see more of Christ through you and here's the thing, right? How do people see more? How do, how do I, how does more of Christ come through my life? You don't have to walk around saying, I'm, I, I went to church Sunday, guys. You know, you have to go around. It's like, if, if you just let his life, let, let him live his life through you, you'll be a more loving person, a more patient person, a more gentle person, a more, you know, 
God will live his life through you. As you die to you, God will live his life through you. And people will see it'll be a difference. Uh, it will make a difference. People will say, what happened? You're so quiet as when you used to be so feisty. But now, you know, now you calm down. You used to be so agitated, you know. Everybody here in your fallen nature, you got some stuff that's yucky. Amen. I say it like it's true. I know y'all do. So, you know, if, if you let if you just get your life hidden in Christ and those things will be taken away, people won't see that. And it'll be shocking. And God can get the glory from your life. And so um, and again, it's, it, I love this here. It, it's not telling me to it's not like I work really hard to, you know, cover up this part of my life for this sin. God said, just 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 be immersed in me. Just get lost in me this week. Spend time with me. Let your thoughts be with me. Be yielded to me. Let there just be so much of me in your life that, that people begin to see me more than you. God would be glorified. And again, that doesn't even require work, right? God isn't telling you to do anything except get out of his way. If you would just die to you, God would live his life through you. It's not even like, well, I worked really hard this week to, 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 to show Christ in my life. God says, not what I want. I just want you to die more. Die to you. And just be immersed in me. Just, just, just live your life. Let me live my life through you. Let me permeate all of your life. Some people treat Jesus like, like a condiment. A little Jesus on my hot dog. A little Jesus on top of the bread. And God's like, no, I want you to be immersed in me. You know, like you, you make ribs and a good barbecue dip. You got to immerse the whole thing. I, I want you to be immersed in me. I don't want to be a condiment. I want a little bit of Jesus on top. I want to be I want to be all your all in all. God wants to be your life. Amen. And so, again, he wants as those that are baptized in the Christ have put on Christ. Verse 28. I thought this is so fitting for all that's going on. And he deals with three areas. He's going to deal with culture, social status and the sexes. He says there is neither Jew nor Greek culture. There is neither slave nor free social status. And there is neither male nor female sexes. For you are all one in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus. And I want you to know that that was as shocking in their culture, maybe more so than ours. In their culture, Jew and Greek were so opposite. There was so much tension and so much beef and so much. God says, forget all that. If you get a Jew and a Greek that come to Christ, y'all are one in me. That that, that culture is irrelevant. And so it's, it's so critical. And I, I preach this and I, I'm going to preach it until I get done preaching. You know, that there can't be in the heart, mind and life of the Christian racism. There cannot be. We're living in a, 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 a time in our history where it is a longstanding racism. It's not brand new, but we're seeing it. Um, we're seeing it more than we've seen it that in my lifetime. It's been here. And it shows if you look in your history, it's, it's been here that there's groups that hate other groups and and, and there's groups that hate other groups back. That, that's always been it's, it's, it's part of what will always be a part of, I believe, fallen human beings. But as a Christian, you need to make sure you don't pick that mess up. Right. I live in a messed up world. I'm a black man and, and I live in a world where, OK, there are people that don't like what I am. That's just a reality. I, that, I, that's where I'm living. At. That's the world in which I live right now. But um, can I let that make me decide that? Well, then I don't like them back. I'm on another kind of mission. I'm already going to heaven. Some of these guys are going to hell. I can't afford to be hating them. I can't waste my preaching stirring y'all up to hate other people. Now, I got to use this and say, look, what, 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 are, what are people on both sides needs? Everybody needs Jesus. Amen. So I just want us to know that as a Christian, if you harbor some racism, 
If you look at the things that are happening, you begin to feel like I hate them back. Man, guard that. That's not Christ. That's not Christ. And that's not even how he would want you to respond. Guys, look, there's neither Jew nor Greek. I've washed that away. Um, that's that's culture. Right. Doesn't mean that I'm not what I am, but I'm not primarily identifying with what I am. I'm a black man, but my identity is wrapped up in what? Christ. We got to all know that my identity is wrapped up in Jesus Christ more than anything else, more than my race, more than my social status, more than my sex. I'm a Christian. I'm wrapped up in Jesus Christ. I belong to the living God. I've come to to the knowledge of the living God through the person of Jesus Christ. That is my identity. And every believer here would do good to let that be your identity. Let that be the predominant identity that you have. And so um, there's neither Jew nor Greek. Again, that's cultures. There's neither slave nor free. That's as far apart as you can go in the social status. Someone that's a slave and they belong to someone else and someone that's free to look in Christ. If you're if you're a free and someone else is a slave, you're not better. Y'all are one, you know. And so some of us, you know, maybe we're free. Maybe there are people that are in bondage. There are people that are slaves. God says, y'all are both Christians. If I'm a Christian, I got I know somebody in jail is a Christian. God says, y'all are one. I'm not better than them because I'm free. We're one. That's my brother over there in the jail. You know, um, social status doesn't separate us. And then it says there's neither male nor female. Doesn't mean that I'm not a male and that females are not females. It just means that. As we come before Christ, is a male better than a female or a female better than a male? No. In Christ, we're all one. We're, we're family. Now, our roles may be different, the roles that we play in marriage and so forth and so on. But God says, look, in Christ, y'all are all one. Again, no, 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 no Greek nor Gentile, no, no slave nor free, nor male nor woman. Says you are all one in Christ. And if you look at what Christ is wanting to do, I want there to be unity. One of the things that should mark the church of Jesus Christ, there should be unity where the world is divided. We should be unified. Men and women, different races, different social statuses, rich and poor. Uh, you know, it should be the one place where the world would look in and say, what, what do y'all have in common? What, what is this demographic and that demographic? What are people from over here and people from over there? What are people that look like this and people that look like that? How are they all coming together? What have they in common? We have Jesus Christ in common. And that should be enough for us to have intimate friendship, fellowship, and do life together. Amen? And so I, I do encourage us. While we live in a time that's 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 kind of permeating and it's all over social media and everywhere, be careful that you don't let that sour you where you don't you lose the mind of Christ and you start not liking certain groups or certain people because what you're seeing happen. Uh, make sure that you leave some room in your heart, room in your heart to be able to love on everybody in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Last verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs together of the promise. And so if you belong to Christ, which comes through faith, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs together, uh, heirs, heirs according to the promise of God. And so um, as I close, I want to pray for us. Uh, always, I want to give an opportunity if there's anybody here that listened and say, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I have put my faith in Christ. Uh, I don't know that I've ever really entered into relationship with the Lord um, then, then I have great news for you because if there's anybody here that's unsure or you know you haven't, right? God has made it available to all. Anyone. God says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus died to save all who would believe. And you don't know that if you died today, you would go to heaven. You're not, you're not positive that you're, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, the Bible says that as you put your faith in him, that that's, that's really all you do. You believe 
and God will receive you as his own. Uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you will confess with your mouth that he is Lord, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you would be saved. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. These words are so familiar now that one can breeze right past them without a thought. We can even sing the words out loudly and never think about what it means. But take a moment and put yourself in the Galatians' shoes. They've seen crucifixion before. They've probably hurried past, trying not to look at the unfortunate people sentenced to die, such a gruesome death. When people told them Christ was crucified, they knew exactly what that meant, what that looked like and sounded like. So when Paul wrote, I have been crucified with Christ, those words would have been shocking. It paints a picture. The old me has been so violently eradicated that I cannot even think of going back. All I have now is Christ and he lives in me. You've been listening to a transforming word with Pastor Bill Buffington. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, where we meet every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. We're also here on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We'd be delighted to have you join us in person, but if you can't, we continue to stream on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. You can find all the information you need at calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, you can find and download our mobile app. We're out of time for today, but we'll see you right here next time for a transforming word.